Politics is Satan's method of ruling the world. The church is God's method of ruling the world. On this edition of the End Time Show, we will expose Satan's kingdom, world government, and his efforts to overthrow God, Israel, and the church in the end time. But a spoiler alert, in the end, Satan loses and the church wins. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. I think most of you know by now, but if you didn't, Satan is building his kingdom in this world. He's building a physical kingdom, and that is world government. Satan's method of ruling the world is politics. Satan is the God of this world. Say, where in the world does the Bible say that? Well, John 12, 31. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. John 14, 30. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me. Ephesians 2, 2 in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. John 16, 11, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So God is working, Satan is working to build his kingdom in the world, and God is working to build his kingdom in the earth, and that is the church. The church is God's method of ruling the world. So there's two kingdoms at loggerheads here fighting against each other, and I'm going to expose Satan's kingdom while revealing the kingdom of God and who is a part of that on the next couple segments of the End Time Show. Before I do, first let me mention Birch Gold. You know, these world government enthusiasts are always wanting to, in, to impose these digital currencies and digital IDs and, and all of their false narratives and propaganda on their respective populations. These different things, IDs and central bank digital currencies, they can allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products, freeze or seize part of your uh, accounts. In essence, it would enable the governments or central banks to take more control over your finances. There are some concerned Americans that are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And if you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, Go to birchgold.com slash end time to get your free info kit on gold. Maybe you've got an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer just maybe gathering dust. Well, Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA in gold, and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. Go to birchgold.com slash end time and claim your free info kit on gold because if digital currencies 
do become a reality, you may want to have some gold to fall back on. Okay. Again, many of you may know this, but Satan is building his kingdom in the world and it's world government. You can get so caught up in all of the different um, little issues that are going on in the world that sometimes you have to step back and say, okay, who's the principal driver behind all of this? Some people would say, oh, that's George Soros or that's Obama or, um, you know, that's the Rothschilds family. No, it's not. The principal driver behind the efforts towards a world government today, the international deep state or the establishment, is Satan himself. When describing the world governing body in Revelation 13, John said, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, his feet as the feet of the bear, mouth as the mouth of the lion. And all of these different animal symbols here are describing European-centered uh, nations that will be involved in the world governing body. But the Bible says this about this world government, and the dragon, or Satan, gave this entity its seat, power, and great authority. The world government in, that's being established in the earth today, which is built on lies, deception, and propaganda, is being driven by its, the principal giver of the authority, and that is Satan himself, the god of this world. The world government, which, the anti, which will be ran by the Antichrist, is Satan's effort to establish his physical kingdom in the end time. Now, we're going to get deep off into this today because I want you to understand this and realize it for what it is. Because Satan is the enemy of your soul. And Satan is trying to destroy the church. He's trying to destroy the Jews. And he's trying, he's, Satan's trying to destroy everyone. But if somebody's serving him, he doesn't pester them as much as he does the church and Israel, does he? The Bible says when he's confined to the earth, earth in the future, he's going to persecute Israel and the true church of Jesus Christ. And we'll get to that in a little while. First, I want to make sure you guys know that this coming weekend, my wife and I will be in Gainesville, Florida. We'll be teaching prophecy, a big, big giant prophecy conference down there. I'll be at the Pentecostals of Gainesville, Pastor Jimmy Tony and his lovely wife. And the address is 8105 Northwest 23rd Avenue there in Gainesville. And this is going to be Saturday, March 2nd at 6 p.m. I'll be teaching the, the new lesson, uh, Chloros, the Green Horseman, and World War III. And then Sunday morning, March 3rd at 10 a.m., I'll be doing some breaking prophecy news, things that are happening in the world right now you need to know about. And then we'll be doing a Q&A between myself and the audience. They'll have a roving mics, and we'll banter back and forth. And I'm telling you, it is a blast. Our conferences have been packed out. It's been awesome. And so... Very thankful for that, and we're signing up huge Bible studies. It's been great. So certainly want to make sure that anybody who's in Florida or 
uh, Georgia or in Alabama or anywhere around that would like to be with us down there in Florida, that you would show up in Gainesville. The information is on our website, endtime.com. Go to events tab, then conferences pull down. All the information to get you there this weekend um, is all there and would love to see you and meet us down there on Saturday and Sunday morning. Okay, so Satan's building his kingdom in the earth, this world governing body. How does all of this stuff end? Because if, if I just got your mind all twisted up on world government and Satan's ruling the world and all these things, man, you could just kind of go to bed tonight with a dark cloud over your head, right? But it's not, it's not like that. Because in the end, Satan loses and the church wins. And so I want, right up front, I want to make sure, a spoiler alert, it's not a spoiler alert for me, it is, it really helps you to understand the end times and understand. Yes, it is going to look like Satan's winning for a while, but when all is said and done, the church wins, Satan loses. How would Donald Trump say it? Bigly or big league? Satan loses, period. So, how does all of this end? Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, it says this. This is Satan's last effort to overthrow God in the heavens. It's a spiritual battle. Revelation 12, 7 through 9. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his archangels fought against the dragon, and the, and the dragon, Satan, fought with his angels, and they prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven, and the dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world, and he was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. There is no question concerning the identity of the dragon. That, that verse says the dragon is that old serpent called the devil and Satan. So Satan, in the end, three and a half years prior, attempts three and a half years prior to Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ to overthrow God in the heavenlies. And this is an angelic war, which happens when Michael and his angels lead the armies of heaven and war against Satan and his angels. Well, why does Satan attempt to overthrow God? Because the Bible says he knows that he hath but a short time left. He realizes that he's getting ready to go to the bottomless pit for three and a half years. So, hey, why not go for broke? He launches this last-ditch effort to avoid the bottomless pit. In this war, Satan is defeated. I want to make sure everybody knows that. Satan does not win in the end. Satan is he suffers a horrible defeat. He's going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. And the church is going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. So which part do you, which one, which, which um, being do you want to serve? Satan or God? In the end, it's going to be one or the other. You say, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not serving Satan. If you're not serving God and part of the church, that's who you're serving. You say, wow, Dave, this is kind of um, heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. It's very heavy. I don't want to spend eternity with Satan. I want to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And so you've got a choice. Every person on this planet has a choice. Who will I serve? The Bible in the Old Testament, God said, I set before you life and death. Choose life. 
Everybody's got a choice who they're going to serve. I am going to serve Jesus Christ. So in this war, Satan is defeated. His punishment for his, this ultimate act of rebellion is to be uh, banished for, from ever appearing in heaven before God again. Up, to, up until this time, up until the time of this war, this war has not happened yet. Up until the time of this war, Satan will have been allowed to appear before God to have access to heaven. Now, I know that throws somebody's theology way off. I understand that. But the Bible calls Satan today the accuser of the brethren. An example of this is found in the Old Testament. In, the Bible says, in the days of Job. Remember um, Job chapter 1. In the days of Job, Satan appeared before God to give, um, before God, and God asked Satan, the Bible says the sons of God appear before God to give an account, and Satan was with them. So they appeared before God in heaven, and God asked Satan, Satan, what have you been doing? And Satan replied that he had been walking to and fro in the earth. Well, God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan answered that he had, but he said, yeah, but you've got a hedge around him, and I can't get to him. You blessed him so much, and that's the reason that he serves you. He would not serve you if, uh, for all the, if, you, if it weren't for all the wonderful blessings you've given him. If you take that hedge down from around Job, I'll make him curse you to your face. Well, we know the rest of the story, how Job endured his trials and tribulations, and yet he remained steadfast in his love for God. So you can read that in Job chapter 1. But the point is, is that Satan, just like he had access to heaven then, beyond the Garden of Eden, he still has access to heaven today. Satan has been the accuser of the brethren from the beginning of the human race and will continue all the way until three and one-half years before the Battle of Armageddon. Revelation 12, 10 says, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Now remember, up until this point, Satan has been working to establish his kingdom, but also God is working to establish his kingdom. But the Bible says, The accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. So Satan's main job right now is to stand before God and to accuse you and me, Christians, and to bring guilt and condemnation on us. Well, hey, Dave Robbins, you did that one sin 25 years ago. You can't go to heaven. God, look at what Dave did all those years ago. He deserves to go to hell for eternity. And God says, Satan, just hold on a second. He repented of that. I forgave him, and it's all good. My blood is covering him. And Satan says, hmm, well, I, oh, uh, I'll get him somehow, some way. That's Satan's job right now, the accuser of the brethren. He's been doing this for 6,000 years. However, he's going to be cast down and confined to the earth for the final three and one half year period. But at that point, he's going to be coming down to the earth. 
And that's going to be the great tribulation. However, I want you to understand throughout my program that we can overcome Satan. All hope is not lost. By no means. The Bible says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. For we know that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And the Bible says, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not worried about Satan being the God of this world because I've got Jesus Christ. I've got His Spirit living inside of me. And so, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And so, once your spiritual eyes are opened, then you can see, wow, greater are they that are for us than they that are, there, uh, that are against us. The Bible says, He encamps His angels about them that fear Him. I don't have to fear Satan. I'm thankful for God, and I've got a very good reverence for Him. And the Bible says, He encamps His angels about them. I'm not worried about Satan. I'm concerned, am I pleasing God? That's what I'm concerned about. And am I aligning myself up with His Word? So we can overcome Satan. I mean, during this 6,000 years of human history, what happened to God's people under the heat of this accuser, Satan himself, who's trying to build his kingdom? The Bible says, and they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. This is Revelation 12, 11. So we have two weapons, a defensive weapon and an offensive weapon. The Bible is our the blood is our defensive weapon, and there's nothing Satan can inflict upon you and me that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot eradicate. You say, well, Dave, I can't become a part of the kingdom of God. I can't become a part of a church because I did this when I was young. I mean, you, give me a, a young person that's not made a million mistakes. Don't let Satan hold that over your head for the rest of your life. Jesus Christ come. The Bible says the spirit of, Christ, of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So you don't have to have condemnation and guilt on you for the rest of your life for something that happened to you as a child or some mistakes you made, something you did 20 years ago or yesterday. Don't let Satan beat you up over that for the rest of your life. That's his job. But the Bible says that Satan can't inflict anything on you that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot eradicate. His blood is the cure for all sin and all things that are satanic in our lives. We can overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb. When we place our sins under the blood, they are banished and gone forever. And they overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and also the word of their testimony. Our testimony is our offensive weapon. This is how we go forth and conquer Satan. This is the way we defeat him, bringing others out of Satan's kingdom and into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This is what the church is doing here in the world. I'm going against Satan's kingdom, and I'm getting people out of his kingdom, and I'm building God's kingdom by placing those people in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This is the church's goal in the end time. Satan, yes, he's building his kingdom, but Almighty God is building a kingdom on the earth, and that's what I want to be a part of, God's kingdom. I've been pulled out of Satan's kingdom, 
and I'm now in God's kingdom, and wow, what a way to live, to know that I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. There's no better way to live, folks. I know what it's like to live for Satan and do all that junk, but I've been pulled out of that. I made a conscious decision. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ now. I'm going to abide by God's Word, and I'm going to live as a Christian the rest of the days of my life post my born-again experience. So when we witness to somebody, when we're sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God with somebody about what Jesus Christ did for us, this lets them know, our testimony lets them know that he will do, he can also, you know, if he saved me from all my junk, hey, he can do the same for you. And Satan's number one tool against God's people is guilt. Oh, you ever done something wrong and then guilt sets in? You think, I'm just going to bust hell's gates wide open. And then God comes to you and you ask him for forgiveness and he forgives you. And you feel like a billion pounds has been rolled off your shoulders. Well, our defensive weapon is the blood of, G of the Lamb. And our offensive weapon is the word of our testimony. Satan, I was bound by this. I was bound by that. And this happened to me years ago. And I, yes, I did make this mistake. And yes, I did do this sin. Uh-uh. But God forgave me of all that. God loves me. He died for me. And Satan, I'm not going to spend eternity with you. I'm spending eternity with the one that died for me on the cross. We all have that hope. The blood of Jesus Christ and the word of our testimony. So, while Satan is working to build his kingdom, all the while God is building his church. In uh, Matthew 16, 15 through 18, Jesus Christ said unto them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, Well, Lord, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, Peter, that thou art Peter now, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus Christ is building a church in the earth. And man, I've got to be a part of that church. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care what uh, is going on in my life. I don't care what my goals are, my aspirations, whatever. I'm going to be a part of that church because the church will be the ones who inherit the kingdom of God. I'm going to be a part of that. I, I don't care what else you do in your life. You can pursue your goals, dreams, aspirations, whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you, you've got to be a part of the church. You've got to be a part of the true church of Jesus Christ. Satan's building a kingdom. God's building a kingdom. Which kingdom are you a part of? It's the most important question you will ever be asked in your entire life. The church will inherit the kingdom of God. Um, back in Daniel 9.27, the Bible says, And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey Jesus Christ. So, which kingdom will you be a part of? It's of up, it's, there's nothing more important than that. I've got to make sure. Uh, let me see, how do I make sure? Do I need to get part, part of, uh, become part of a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching 
church. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't want to become a part of a church that's not teaching the truth. And there are churches out there that are not teaching the truth. In Matthew 24, they asked Jesus, what's the sign of your coming of the end of the age? And the first words out of his mouth, concerning our time, he's talking about the end of the age. He said, take heed that no man deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying they're Christians, and will be deceiving many. So you got to make sure that you're in a church that's teaching the absolute truth. Folks, there are churches today that call themselves Christian that are doing things that are diametrically opposed to the Word of God. I can't be a part of that church. No way. Not, I can't. Because I can't be, you can't align yourself with something that is, are doing things that are diametrically opposed to the Word of God. God's building a kingdom, but that kingdom is built on the truth. It's not built on deception. It's not built on a lie. It's not built on propaganda. That's Satan's kingdom. God's building a kingdom built on the truth that will save you and keep you from your old lifestyle, and it will keep you all the way. The Bible says, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. i got to be saved. I want you to be saved. And you say, Dave, you don't know what I've done. I've heard that a million times. Dave, you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done, and Jesus doesn't care what you've done. He died on the cross, and he tasted the cup of sin. The Bible says he was made sin, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So, Jesus Christ came and tasted the cup of sin. He had never sinned, but yet he took on our sins so that we might be made righteous. So, it, uh, he tasted every sin. I don't care what you've done. God can save you. Okay? There's, there is hope for every single person listening to me. And so don't, don't let Satan lie to you in propaganda and, oh, because what does the Bible say? He's the accuser of the brethren. He's trying to keep you buried in guilt and condemnation. So you, you, you just think, there's no way I'm never going to be saved. But that's not the plan of God. If you understand salvation the way it really is meant to be understood, then you can understand, I can live a guilt-free life. Imagine that. How can, you, how can you live in this physical world of just hustle and bustle and, and just propaganda and censorship and everything else, but live a guilt-free life? Is that possible? Absolutely. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. You say, wow, I know that scripture's in there, but I never have understood that. Well, you need to understand it, because that's the way every Christian should be living. So, pretty important to get these concepts down, isn't it? Wow. Man, help us all to know the Word of God, to understand the Word of God, because this is how every Christian is supposed to live. And I want to live like that, don't you? I want to have, I want to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of my testimony. God did this for me, now let me show you what God can do for you. Very important. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me, and I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment 
of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 end time. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. So we're, we're continuing with our study here. Satan is the god of this world. He's building a kingdom, world government, politics, corruption. God is building his kingdom, not built on propaganda and lies and deceit, but it's built on the absolute truth. And it's built on the fact that you, God came, purchased a plan of salvation, and you can be saved. You don't have to spend eternity with the other being, the other spiritual being that's building a kingdom here on the earth. You can spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And that should be the goal of all of us, right? So, which kingdom are you a part of? Revelation 13, 8, the Bible says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, the Antichrist, who receives his power from Satan. The Bible says in, the, in Revelation 13 that they will actually worship the dragon or Satan in the end time. And haven't we seen that lately? People pushing Jesus Christ out of society, but bringing in and worshiping images of Satan and, and worshiping him at these award ceremonies and just like Satan, movies and sitcoms being made about Satan and, and demons and all this horrible nonsense, but yet pray in the name of Jesus or tell somebody that you hear from God and, oh, that person's ready for a insane asylum. But the fact of the matter is, if you're, the Bible says they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I've got to adhere to the Word of God. I, I need to pray, and I, I need to be led by the Spirit of God in these end times. I'm not talking about some weird nonsense where, uh, you know, God told me to go kill somebody. If God talks to you, it will never be opposed to the Word of God. So you've got to make sure that you're in prayer. You're hearing from God, and He's leading and guiding and directing your life. But if, if, God, if, a, if something tells you to do something opposed to the Word of God, that was not God. God will never go against His Word. So it doesn't have to be weird, um, you know, things that you got you to get weird with this, I'm led by the Spirit of God thing. No, there, it, it, it is a reality that I can be led by the Spirit of God, but God will never tell you to do something that's opposed to His Word. And I've actually heard some people tell me some things, and I thought, no, God didn't tell you that. 
So there will be people. The Bible says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names, the Antichrist and Satan, whose names are not written in the, in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So number one, number one in these end times, I've got to have my name written in the book of life. Don't you? I mean, I'm not going to worship Satan. I'm not going to worship the Antichrist in these end times. I'm going to be worshiping Jesus Christ, and that's it. So the next passage is very key here as we go through our study on Satan's kingdom and God's kingdom in this end time war in Revelation 12. The next passage is key to understanding this. After verse Revelation 12.10 declares glory to him that sits on the throne for the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Verse 12 says, hey, therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell them in, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devils come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Revelation 12, 12 through 13. The woman in that chapter was bringing forth the man-child is Israel. So when in this future war in heaven that happens, described in Revelation 12, Satan's bound to the earth because he's defeated by Michael and his archangels, and the Bible says he comes down having great wrath. When Satan is confined to the earth, he will launch the great tribulation, which is Satan's wrath against God's people. The great tribulation, again, that's the wrath of Satan. That's not the wrath of God. Many people teach the great tribulation is the wrath of God, but Revelation 12, 12 clearly shows us the great tribulation is the wrath of Satan. Satan comes down to the earth having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. Satan's going to be confined to the earth knowing he has only three and a half years left. And he's going to do his best to wreak havoc among God's most treasured creation, the human race. And Satan's going to also persecute the nation of Israel. Revelation 12 goes through this in great detail. Satan will persecute the, the so the, in um, Revelation 12, the woman with 12 stars around her head. That's not the Mother Mary. That is the nation of Israel. And the Bible says that Satan will persecute the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, and we're already seeing the rapid rise of anti-Semitism throughout our world, even today. Why do you think that is? Because Satan is diametrically opposed. He hates the Jewish people. And they are, they, they've been persecuted. There's anti-Semitism. Many things have happened, and in the end, he's going to persecute them. Folks, we're watching the precursors to the coming great tribulation when Israel will be persecuted like never before or ever will be again. We're watching precursors to that. In the international community, uh, the Times of Israel recently reported that the world's top court, the International Court of Justice, they wrapped up six days of hearings into the legality of, they say, Israel's 56-year-long rule in the West Bank. They call it the occupation and East Jerusalem, with most of the voices there. Now, this is part of the world government that Satan is establishing. And they say with most of the voices arguing that Israel was in violation of international law and called for the establishment of an independent Palestinian state. This is diametrically opposed to the Word of God. 
The Bible says that, that God promised Abram back in Genesis 15, 18, a promised land for Israel forever from the, great, the river in Egypt all the way up to the great river, the river Euphrates. And so all of this land that the international community views as illegal, the settlements and Israel's uh, habitation out there in the West Bank and East Jerusalem, the international community views that as illegal, but that's not scriptural. That's actually anti-Bible. So they, they, they actually said here that the real obstacle to peace is obviously the deepening occupation by Israel, which is not true. It's disputed terry, territory, not occupied, of the Palestinian uh, territories, including East Jerusalem, and a failure to implement the two-state vision, Israel and Palestine living side by side. So these efforts by the world government are simply setting the stage for the end-time scenario of Satan and his world government persecuting Israel and eventually invading at the Battle of Armageddon. All this is setting the stage for all of that. And so the U.S. just reversed a decision by the Trump administration and again now recognizes these Israel settlements as illegal in the eyes of the international community. The Trump administration with Mike Pompeo said, no, it's not illegal. Our, the, the Joe Biden administration, Anthony Blinken, our Secretary of State, just reversed that. And so all of this will lead to the Antichrist and his international armies invading Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Now, you say, man, you're playing a, a pretty bleak picture. Uh, no matter how bleak it looks, the prophecies of the Bible always come to pass just like Scripture foretells. Revelation 12, 14, the Bible says, at this time when Satan comes down against Israel, that yes, Jesus warned those in the West Bank region, Judea, to flee into, the, into, into Israel proper, because then would be great tribulation. However, Israel proper is going to be protected. Revelation 12, 14 says Israel is going to be protected from Satan because it says, and to the, women, the woman, Israel, were given two wings of a great eagle, the United States, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time, times and half a time from the face of the serpent. So if you notice that Israel is going to flee into her place, where is Israel's place? It's a big question today. Well, Israel's place is the promised land. It is, it's found in, again, Genesis 15, 18. It says specifically, and I'm quoting, in the same day that Lord, the Lord God made a covenant with Abram, saying, unto thy seed have I given this land. The, the promised uh, seed, the, the lineage was through, if you go through um, the Bible, it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through that lineage, not through Ishmael, okay, which is the Arab nations. The Bible specifically got Abraham actually asked the Lord, what about Ishmael? And the Lord said, I've recognized Ishmael and I will I'll make 12 princes of him and he will be, I'm going to, I will bless him. But this promised land is going to be through your lineage. You, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And when it goes to Isaac, it said, I, this is the land I promised your father. When it goes to Jacob, this is the land I promised Abraham and Jacob. And so, it's through that lineage. Now, this is the Bible. If you argue against this, you're arguing against the Bible. And this is what the international 
community is doing. It's setting the stage. This is two, three, four thousand years ago. And it's setting the stage for what's going to happen right here in this end time scenario. So the Lord said unto thy seed, have I given this land from Egypt all the way up into the river in Egypt, all the way up to the Euphrates. So God made a covenant with Abraham that that land on the, that he dwelled on would be his and his descendants forever. Abraham was in Israel at the time. And he was in, he was in the area of um, Beth, Beth Sheba, Beersheba, about 40 miles south of Jerusalem. And this is Israel's place. It's the promised land. So what did the Bible mean when it said that the woman, Israel, would be given two wings of an eagle? Well, there's only one nation on the planet today whose recognized symbol of the eagle came out of Great Britain, the lion, Daniel 7. And this nation happens to be Israel's very best friend. The United States has used its military might in the past to protect Israel from her enemies. And it's also repeatedly used its UN Security Council veto power to protect Israel from the hatred of the United Nations, which is very anti-Semitic. By the way, the United Nations is the seat of the end-time world government that Satan is trying to create, his world governing body, his physical kingdom here on the earth. So I'm giving you this end-time scenario here, but again, I want you to know, through all of this, Satan loses and the church wins. What side do you want to be on? To me, there's not even a choice. That's not an option. I'm going to be in the church. I'm going to be serving Jesus Christ till the day I die or till I hear that trumpet sound someday. Because to me, there's no other option. I'm not going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. There is a hell that has a fire that is not quenched. The worm dieth not. There's weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. I know that's not a popular subject on TV or in, on radio or in, in a lot of our churches even. You, very, very seldom will you hear the word hell mentioned in church. Because a lot of people just, you know, they just don't want to talk about it and, and things like that. But Jesus Christ taught on hell more than any other preacher or teacher in the Bible. And so we've got to talk about it. Yes, there is heaven and there is love and mercy and grace from God, but there's also a hell. And I'm not going to go there. And I don't want you to go there. So I got to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. I got to do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm in the church, that I'm in his kingdom, not Satan's kingdom. Because believe me, Hollywood, there's a lot of people that are pushing Satan's kingdom. Can't be a part of that. I'm not going to let Hollywood set my moral compass. I'm going to be a part of the true church of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be a part of his kingdom here on the earth. Wow. Doesn't the Bible says, doesn't the truth feel good? The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is.
time is not going anywhere. You know, in this end time scenario, because the Antichrist is a minion of Satan, the Antichrist is going to be like the CEO of Satan's kingdom here on the earth. The Antichrist is going to usurp authority over that fully functioning world governing body, and he's going to rule the world, him and the, and the false prophet, believe it or not, the false prophet will be working one of Satan's minions on the earth. He's going to look like a religious figure, but he's going to be one of Satan's minions in these end times. And the Bible says the Antichrist is going to make war against the saints. What is this phrase? Uh, when it talks about this, it says for a time, times, and half a time. What does that mean? Well, it uses, it's used several times in scriptures because the Bible says when Satan come down, he persecutes the woman, Israel, but she's carried away in the wings of a great eagle, where she is nursed in her, in her place for time, times, and half a time. So what does that mean? Well, a time is one year, times is two years, and the half a time is half a year. Daniel 7.25 states that the Antichrist will make war against the saints for time, times, and half a time, three and a half years, until the Ancient of Days comes, Jesus Christ. So it's a picture of the Great Tribulation and the, th the three and one half years right before the second coming of Jesus Christ. How do we know it's three and one half years? Well, the exact same prophecy is given in Revelation 13, 5, which says the Antichrist will have power to continue 42 months. So instead of using time, times, and half a time, or 1260 days like it does in Revelation 11, it uses 42 months. All of these are three and a half years, by the way. Uh, Revelation 13, 7 says he makes war against the saints and, and overcame them. Uh, during this time period. And this is absolute proof the Great Tribulation is 42 months or three and one half years. And also, Satan attempts to destroy Israel. Um, according to Revelation 12, 15, the Bible says, And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away with the flood. And, you know, the, the um, Revelation 12 that we're going through, it's really written in much of it in symbolic language. So what do the waters symbolize? Well, Revelation 17, 15, yeah, Revelation 17, 15, it, it tells us what the water means. Pretty sure it's Revelation 17, 15. Bible says, um, and he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So in, Revela in the Revelation 17 prophecy, the waters represent multitudes of people. So it appears to mean the same thing in Revelation 12, 15. The Bible says that God will fight for Jerusalem, though all the nations of the earth be gathered against it. So this is referring to the time of the Battle of Armageddon. Zechariah 14, 2, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem. And these prophecies will be fulfilled at the end of the three and one half years. The Bible says there's going to be a great earthquake. Revelation 12, 16 tells us what's going to happen when Satan comes down against Israel like a flood. The Bible says, and the earth helped the woman 
and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And so I have a question. Could the earth opening up, could that refer to the earthquake prophesied in Revelation 11:13? It says, in the same hour there was a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain uh, of men 7,000, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The same earthquake is prophesied back in Zechariah 14, verse 4. It says, and the Lord's feet will stand upon in that day on the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof towards the east and towards the west, and there shall be a, a great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove towards the north and the south. And um, so could this be the earth opening up to help Israel? Could this be the earthquake in which 7,000 die? Certainly seems to be a very strong possibility, doesn't it? So Satan's war against the Jews and the Christians. Think about that. The Bible says he comes down and he persecutes the woman and um, the church. Say, so where does it say that at? Well, Revelation 12, 17 says, And the dragon, Satan, was wroth with the woman, Israel, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the true church today. I didn't say that's every church. I said that's the true church. There's a big difference. There are churches splitting wide open right now, everybody, because some of the church wants to do things that are diametrically opposed to the Word of God, and some people are saying, no, we can't do that. The Word of God says don't do that. And church leaders are saying, irrelevant, we're going to do what we want. So there are, there are major church organizations that are splitting wide open. Folks, make sure you're a part of a church that is a true Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. It's of utmost importance. So the Bible says that Satan's coming, that the, um, Satan's coming to make war with the woman, Israel, and the remnant of her siege, which keeps the commandments of God and has a testimony of Jesus Christ. That's the church. Satan's going to make war against those two entities, Israel and true Christians, and every Jewish person on the earth. In my opinion, they should either get to Israel or get to the United States. Because I believe that is the United States is going to stand with Israel in the end time. You say, Dave, oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Scripturally, the Bible says Israel is carried away on the wings of a great eagle. That's the United States in Bible prophecy. Go to Daniel 7, 4. It's the United States. There's another Jewish holocaust that's coming, folks. But there is a place of safety for all who will heed the warning. Jesus told... Um, in Matthew 24, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, when you see the Antichrist sit in that rebuilt Jewish temple and proclaim to be God, let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. And so it's going to be very important that Israel, where are they going to flee? They're going to flee into Israel proper. And so there is a place of safety. The Bible's telling them where to go. And, you know, true Christians and Jews, they're going to bear the brunt of the great tribulation. Most people who call themselves Christians, they're going to, com they're going to comprise, uh, I'm saying most people who call themselves Christians will compromise and follow the false prophet into the alliance of the Antichrist. Why do you say most Christians, Dave? Because 
there are, I'm watching major church organizations. I'll just be honest with you today. I'm watching major church organizations that are signing on to these interfaith movements, mainline religious movements that are moving towards and supporting world government propaganda. They are doing things that are diametrically opposed to the Word of God, and they will, that, that, that teaching will not stand when it comes under fire from the Antichrist and the false prophet. They simply will not be able to stand because they haven't been built on the truth of the Word of God. Their foundation's very shallow. And when, it come, when the winds start blowing, those organizations are going to go right into compliance because they, their foundation is not driven so deep. The Bible talks about that. A house that's built on the sand and one that's built on the rock. And so it's very important that you know what you believe and that you know that I am, I'm, you know, if, you, if, you, if, you're, um, if you've been taught something your whole life, and then you read something through the Word of God and it says, do this. And you thought, well, hold on a minute. I've been taught this my whole life, but the Bible says this. You've got to ask yourself the question, why does the Bible say that? But what, all, all this stuff I've been taught, it doesn't line up. So I need to make sure that I am taught the truth. Whatever the Bible says, that's what we're going with. That's the truth. And the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Two Christians are going to hold fast and not join the one world religion of the false prophet, but they will stay true to Jesus Christ until he returns. Why do you think Jesus in Matthew 24 warned over and over and over against false prophets and false Christs? He said that there will be people coming and saying, hey, I'm the Messiah. And Jesus said, if, if somebody says, hey, he's out in the desert, don't go. If he's in this closet over here, don't go. He said, because that's not how it's going to work. At my second coming, when you see the real Messiah come, Bible, Revelation 1-7 says, every eye will behold him. The Bible says, as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, that's what the, son of, the, the sign of the coming of the Son of Man is going to be like. He's going to split the clouds wide open. He's going to send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet to gather the elect. Now, when that event happens, that's Jesus Christ. That's the Messiah. It's not these false human beings that have been saying they're the Messiah all these years. No. Jesus Christ warned us that there would be people like that. He said, but don't pay no attention to them. I'm going to come and split those clouds wide open, and I'm going to send my angels to gather the elect. And folks, that is what we should be watching for. I'm telling you that we've got to stand upon the Word of God. The, the Word of God, the, I'm so thankful. Are you thankful for the Word of God today? I'm so thankful for the Word of God because it, we, it, it goes through all of the mess and the yuck and the, the, all of the, the layers of just propaganda and junk, and it gets us right to the core and said, here's what you need to do to be saved. Nicodemus, when Nicodemus come to Jesus, and Jesus just peeled through everything, and he said, Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can't enter and see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, whoa, 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 hold on. What are you talking about? Can, do I got to enter again into my mother's womb and be born again? And Nicodemus, Jesus said, oh, Nicodemus, no. Except a man's born of the, the water and the spirit, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I say unto you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. If Jesus Christ was standing right here today, 
Jesus Christ knew that Satan's going to be building a kingdom. Jesus Christ knew it. And Jesus Christ is building his kingdom here on the earth. When, when we go out into the world, the church, and we're trying to build God's kingdom and witness to people, what, it's a spiritual thing. What we're doing is we're going against Satan's kingdom and bringing them into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? You go out and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom of God is simply this. The God of heaven is coming before very long to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Let me show you how to be a part of that kingdom. And how is that? You got to be born again. And you say, well, I don't know. I've only got a little time left here, but I, I, you say, well, how, do, how am I born again? I'll tell you what we'll do. If you go to endtime.com slash reborn, it goes through the entire plan of salvation. And it shows you all the verses. You say, but I, I just heard it was a conscious decision um, to do this. Or it's just a, no, it's more than that. The Bible says he that comes to God must first believe. There's more to it than that. So what we want to do, for we've done this hundreds and thousands of times. I don't know how many times I've done it. Go to endtime.com slash reborn, and you can read all the verses and all the scriptures and everything. And if there's something that you need to do, you can get a hold of us here at End Time Ministries, and we can help you. I can send you to a, a, a correct Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. I've got access, me and Doug Norvell and Vince and all of us, we have access to thousands and thousands of churches all over the world that teach the truth. I know what they teach. I know their doctrine. And I would never send you to a church that doesn't teach the truth. Why? Because Satan's building his kingdom and God's building his kingdom. And we're trying to pull people out of Satan's kingdom and put them in God's kingdom so they can spend eternity with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless each and every one of you as you make that decision.